So let's say you have a property and you want to list it as a midterm rental. Where do you do that? Well, I think for traveling healthcare professionals, a uh, very common place is a place like Furnish Finders. And there are other websites like this, but uh, these specialize in uh, placing uh, people for, you know, who are who are traveling to a place for a short assignment for one, two or three months at a time. And so that's a great place to start. We also have people in our community who are telling their hospitals or residency programs, for example, that they have these types of rentals available and they're getting people directly from them. Yeah, so definitely go right to either the company or, like you said, the HR department of of a hospital, and then they may, they may be able to refer people to you directly. Or a med school as well. This episode is sponsored by our upcoming virtual conference called the Fast Fire to Freedom Summit, which runs July 19th through the 22nd, 2022. Are you curious about investing in real estate but aren't sure if it's the right fit for you? Join us and other trailblazing doctors and their significant others for a four-day deep dive into their experiences building their real estate portfolios. You'll hear from them about how investing in real estate, and specifically cash flowing rentals, has accelerated their journeys to fire and to freedom. See the link in the show notes for additional details. We can't wait to see you there. This week's episode is sponsored by our course, Zero to Freedom. Zero to Freedom is a seven-week online course focused on helping physicians and high-income earners like you go from knowing little to nothing about real estate investing to confidently buying the cash flowing rentals that will allow you to earn passive income and work in medicine or your day job on your terms. Our course is open for enrollment this year from July 25th to August 3rd. Don't miss out on the incredible opportunity to start your journey to reaching financial freedom. Welcome to the Doctors Building Wealth Podcast, a place where we talk about the strategies, habits, and mindset that separate wealthy docs from those who are not. We're your hosts, Leiti and Kenji. Welcome to another episode of the Doctors Building Wealth Podcast. Today, Kenji and I are going to be talking about everything midterm rentals. And some of you out there might be wondering, what is a midterm rental in the first place? Well, midterm rentals are also known sometimes as long shorts. And these are times where you rent a property to somebody renting for 30 or 60 or 90 days. It's a little bit longer than a short-term rental. Usually length of stay with a short-term rental is an average of seven days or less. Length of stay with a long-term rental, a traditional one, is usually a year, right? So this is kind of in the middle. And so that's why it's called a midterm rental. I think one of the things you want to really pay attention to is the threshold for short-term rentals, right? Because if it's seven days or less, then it's taxed differently uh, with a midterm rental, it's greater than seven days. And so it's taxed as a long-term rental. So let's talk about why you might be interested in using your property for a midterm rental. So first of all, who leases midterm rentals? Well, oftentimes it's traveling healthcare professionals, like traveling nurses, medical students, maybe doing a month-long rotation, or even other healthcare providers. We've seen people in our community renting to like radiology techs or uh, other groups as well. But there are so many other people that you can rent to on a midterm basis. And so one example is you may have actually 
corporate clients. So people who are working for a company close by, they may have several people who are consulting for several months at a time and they need a place to stay. And so your property could be a great candidate for that. Yeah. And sometimes if you're renting to a corporate client, you might actually contract with the company and then they'll fill with those tenants versus contracting individually with tenants. And we see the same thing with insurance companies is people in our community will contract with the insurance company and the insurance company will use them over and over again to place different tenants who maybe they have a water leak in their house. They need some place to stay for a couple months and they'll come and stay at your midterm rental while their property is being repaired. I also think about people who are in transition, right? So people maybe moving uh, into a new city, maybe even moving out. And before they move to the next location, they need a kind of a temporary place to stay. So, uh, and, and this actually happened to us too. We wanted to, uh, we moved and our lease wasn't starting for like a month or two. So we needed a place to stay. So that could be a good place for somebody to stay for one to two months as they wait for their lease to start. So let's say you have a property and you want to list it as a midterm rental. Where do you do that? Well, I think for traveling healthcare professionals, a uh, very common place is a place like Furnish Finders. And there are other websites like this, but uh, these specialize in uh, placing uh, people for, you know, who are who are traveling to a place for a short assignment for one, two, or three months at a time. And so that's a great place to start. We also have people in our community who are telling their hospitals or residency programs, for example, that they have these types of rentals available and they're getting people directly from them. Yeah, so definitely go right to either the company or, like you said, the HR department of of a hospital, and then they may, they may be able to refer people to you directly. Or med school as well. Another place to do it is Zillow, mm-hmm. like a place like Zillow Rentals, for example. You could list a property and say, hey, this is available for three or six month rentals or 30 day rentals, whatever you want to do. And then that actually allows you to charge a premium compared to what you might do if you're renting a property for a whole year. Yeah. And then I think one other place that you can do it is your traditional place for short-term rentals, which is Airbnbs or VRBO. You can just set the minimum for 30 days uh, or more if you wanted to. And that could be a great way to find uh, these uh, tenants who are going to rent for longer than 30 days. Absolutely. And then what types of properties make good midterm rentals? Some of you might be out there wondering, you know, I have a duplex. Is that the type of property that would be a good midterm rental? I think you have a lot of options. Uh, I think commonly people will use a single family home as a midterm rental, uh, but uh, we see a lot of people in our community converting their multifamily properties in duplex or fourplex. One of the things that interests me most is taking an even larger building, maybe a 30 or 40 unit, and maybe you could take five to 10 units and convert them into midterm rentals. So I, I think that there's a lot of opportunity. You can really turn any property if it's in the right location, if it's a uh, you know maybe close to a hospital, if you're targeting that group, just really depends on uh, what the demand is, and I think you can really turn any property into a midterm rental. Yeah, I want to point out that you might think, hey, I have a duplex and each side has three bedrooms. Is this really a great midterm rental? The fact is, there are people in our community who are renting these properties that are multifamily properties that have multiple rooms per unit, and they're renting it by the room to different tenants. So they might have three different traveling nurses staying in different rooms. And ideally, each room has its own bathroom. But even though in cases that they don't have that, they're actually some will rent for less per per month, and some will rent for more per month. And so you really have the opportunity to sure make studios or one bedrooms work, but you can even make properties that have more than one bedroom actually work for this in using midterm rentals. Yeah. And I was thinking about another student of ours who rented their duplex to 
a corporation and they actually had multiple traveling workers and they, they were specifically wanted to house them in this four bedroom that they had. Uh, and they, they rented all four bedrooms and then they had four people who were unrelated, didn't know each other, all, all stay in those rooms. And so that, that was a really good setup for them. Now let's talk about location of these properties. So you mentioned close to hospitals are really great for medical professionals, like traveling nurses, things like that. I also know that for like insurance company tenants who maybe have kids or maybe they have an animal with, they may actually want to be in a place with a good school district. That might be another thing that would interest them. Yeah. And then also uh, near company headquarters. So sometimes some of these company headquarters, there aren't a lot of options, uh, close by just because they may be more, maybe let's say in a rural area and there aren't any, any options. So if you find a setup like that, like your place could literally be in very, very high demand for that corporation. So there's something else to think about. I mean, really, it really can be anywhere. I wouldn't say that there's like any one right location. It just depends on you know where the customers are. If the customers are right there, then 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 you're going to be fine. It can be really in any 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 location. And you might even have it a couple miles away from a hospital if you're renting traveling nurses because they're going to have cars to be able to travel. So you have that opportunity to have it a little bit farther away as well. One question that we get is: Should it be furnished or unfurnished? And the the fact is, you can have it either way. So there are some companies that would rent it that would actually furnish it themselves. Even the insurance companies will sometimes furnish your units, but in a lot of cases, we see people actually furnishing it. And that allows them to charge a premium because now they're renting it furnished. And so it's worth more. Yeah. And I was going to say that uh, sometimes uh, I've seen examples of corporate apartments that are furnished, you know, very kind of corporate feel. And I think there's an opportunity here. If you furnish it, you can actually incorporate some really cool design elements and make it feel not like a corporate apartment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I think there is an opportunity for you to, like you said, charge a premium, make even more cash flow, and if, if you kind of design it and furnish it yourself. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of people do that. I think one of the questions that probably naturally people come up with is, hey, I'm furnishing it. Does it have to be super high end? Does it have to feel like a short-term rental? Does the kitchen have to look like that high-end short-term rental? And the fact is you don't. You can actually have you know more basic furniture. You can have you can have a property that maybe is rental grade or one step above rental grade that you're making into a midterm rental. So you don't have to go to the level of maybe you would have to with a short-term rental. I think one thing that's really important to do is to look at your competition and see what other people are offering. And then that can help you decide you know, what you need to do to kind of stand out among the crowd. Why would somebody choose your property over somebody else? Is that, again, you want to try to be a step ahead of everybody else. And that'll help you determine the level at which you need to upgrade these properties. So people in our community also wonder, which cash and cash calculator do you use when you're running the numbers with a midterm rental? And we've actually seen people do both. So I think when I think about which one I would choose, I naturally tend towards the short-term rental cash and cash calculator because with your midterm rental, you're you know providing internet, you're providing furniture often, providing cable, uh, you might even be covering the utilities. And so for me, it, it, the tendency is, well, because I'm making sure that I want to get all those extra costs in there, I would probably use the short-term rental cash and cash calculator. But we've seen a lot of people in our community use that long-term rental cash and cash calculator. They just take all those extra costs and lump them into the utilities because it's recurring payments every single month and they put those in. Um, and then they can just increase the vacancy rate a little bit if they're planning for turnovers every couple months compared to a long-term rental. And then that's how they're using the long-term rental cash and cash calculator. I think the reason there's so much diversity in our community is that some people will start out 
they're probably, you know, they'll have a long-term rental mm-hmm. and they've already done the, the regular cash on cash calculator. And then now they're using it as a midterm rental. So they just kind of you know, continue to use that same calculator, but they boost up the uh, gross monthly rental income, for example, or increase the vacancy, like you mentioned. But you can also start the other way, right? Somebody might start out buying something that as a short-term rental and they, they decide they're going to use it as a midterm rental. So in that situation, they will start with a short-term rental calculator and they'll stick to it uh, when they convert it into a midterm rental. So I think it kind of depends uh, which direction you start with, uh, but I think you can use either and, and, and both work fine. Yeah. And in the show notes, we'll be sure to put links to both our long-term rental cash and cash calculator and short-term rental cash and cash calculator. So you can go look at both of them, decide which one you want to use. So who manages a midterm rental? Is it a property manager or is it you doing it yourself? Yeah, I think a lot of people will self-manage these because, you know, if you're renting a property for three months at a time, uh, you know, getting three or four tenants a year, it's it's really not that difficult. Uh, it's not like a short-term rental where you have turnover every three or four days. So I think that a lot of people will self-manage. Um, but, you know, if you don't want to self-manage, uh, you can certainly talk to a short-term rental property manager, or even a long-term rental property manager, and in, and you're going to have to negotiate with them. Um, in terms of a long-term rental property manager, it will be more work for them because it's, there's going to be more turnover than you know every 12 months that they're used to. With a short-term rental property manager, uh, they tend to charge way more uh, because of the frequent turnover. But because a midterm rental is less turnover, I think you can probably negotiate them mm-hmm. down actually on their fee. And that's what I would do. So again, if you want to outsource it, uh, I would talk to either a short-term rental property manager or a long-term rental property manager. But you really, I would encourage you to really understand what they charge for their typical services. And then you'd have to adjust it again for the midterm rental because that's going to be different than what they're used to doing. Yeah. And so another reason that people might choose to self-manage is if they want the hours and they want to get real estate professional status. So this is really important. A midterm rental is considered equivalent to a long-term rental by taxes. So by the IRS's definition, because a short-term rental is average length of stay over the calendar year of seven days or less. So anything that's eight days or more, that's a long-term rental. And so if you have a midterm rental that's renting on average for 30, 60, 90 days, that's a long-term rental. And so what you can collect is hours towards real estate professional, if that's what you want, um, because you have a quote unquote long-term rental in the IRS's eyes. Yeah. And so that's something that uh, we took advantage of uh, with one of our uh, properties, furnished properties that we just set the length of stay to greater than uh, eight days, right? And that way it was treated as a long-term rental for tax purposes. And that was a real benefit for us because I already had reps uh, and I didn't want to have to meet one of the material participation tests for short-term rentals. So let's talk about the upsides and downsides of midterm rentals. And I think one of the major upsides then is actually the taxes. If you already have real estate professional, you can just kind of group it with all your other properties. And now you're not having to do you know, the short-term rental tax loophole of do 100 hours and more than anyone else. You're just grouping it with your long-term rentals if you have a bunch of other long-term rentals. This episode is sponsored by our upcoming virtual conference called the Fast Fire to Freedom Summit, which runs July 19th through the 22nd, 2022. Are you curious about investing in real estate, but aren't sure if it's the right fit for you? Join us and other trailblazing doctors and their significant others for a four-day deep dive into their experiences building their real estate portfolios. You'll hear from them about how investing in real estate, specifically cash flowing rentals, has accelerated their journeys to fire and to freedom. See the link in the show notes for additional details. We can't wait to see you there.
This episode is brought to you by Dan Peck of Caliber Home Loans. If you're an experienced investor, you'll know just how important it is to have a lender who knows how to work with investors. Now, we've been working with Dan and his team for over five years now, and he's our go-to whenever we need a residential loan for our investment properties. Now, if you're new to investing, you might not know this, but your lender can sometimes be the difference between getting a great deal or completely missing out on it because your lender couldn't close the deal. Now, I did want to point out that Dan can help you not only with your investment properties, but also if you're looking to buy a primary residence or a vacation home. So the next time you're looking for a residential lender, be sure to email Dan at semiretiredmd at caliberhomeloans.com to get a free consultation. Another upside is cash flow. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, you could take your property that uh, you're using as a long-term rental. And maybe, you know, typically we're talking about 10% cash on cash at a minimum, uh, maybe sometimes more than that. But with a midterm rental, you know, you can increase that uh, cash cash on cash return to 20, 30% uh, because you're just getting so much more. You know, if you think about, we were talking earlier about, uh, let's say a three bedroom that you're renting out to traveling uh, healthcare professionals and you're renting by the room. And so that's the reason why you can get so much more because they're not renting the whole place. You're renting room by room and you can charge more per room. Uh, and so your your gross monthly uh, rental income is going to go up so much more and therefore your cash on cash return is going to go up. I mean, we've literally had students who uh, buy properties, they're renting for $650 a unit. Uh, they fix them up. They're renting them to regular tenants, like $1,000 per unit. And then they're renting it to as midterm rentals for $1,800 a unit. So even within one building, we have students re- renting some property, some units as midterm rentals and some as short-term rentals and some as long-term rentals, like you can actually combine all the, all of those, but the midterm rentals are such a sweet spot because they're less work than a short-term rental, but they're making more money than the long-term rental. And so it's kind of a kind of perfect in-between for those who who are willing to do a little bit more work, but really want to maximize the cash flow. I think another upside is that if you uh, really feel passionate about a certain uh, population. So uh, one of our uh, one example, one of our students is is uh, working for a local hospital, and they were having a conversation with some of the traveling nurses there, and saying, "Hey, where are you staying?" And apparently, there there were no great places to stay, and so that that kind of lit a fire in them and said, "You know, this is a real cool opportunity, and I can also help them." Right? Mm-hmm. These are people that he's working with on a day-to-day basis. And so he and his wife, they're both doctors and they they became really passionate about uh, serving uh, the healthcare professionals that are working at their hospital. Yeah. And so if you want to see examples of doctors actually renting out midterm rentals, I would encourage all of you to sign up for our Fast Fire to Freedom Summit. And in that, there are actually a number of our uh, people in our community renting long-term rentals as midterm rentals. And you'll get to see some of those numbers and see what the properties actually look like um, and get a real sense of how this could become possible for you. All right, let's talk about uh, some of the downsides of midterm rentals. Um, I think one of the one of the downtime, downsides is, we are, and we've already mentioned this, is that it's just more management, right? There's going to be more turnover than a long-term rental, which is a typically turnover once every 12 months. But sometimes it could be once every two or three years with a long-term rental. So very little turnover. But with a midterm rental, you're talking about could be as little as you know, once a month, uh, it could be, you know, once every two months. So it can be a lot more frequent uh, throughout the year, a lot more work. Yeah, it's definitely a lot more work also, because you have to set it up, you have to furnish Mm -hmm. it. um, And so that does take a little bit more work. And a lot of our students are doing really cool things with design, and they're putting in that time to just make it have a very unique feel. And it's not just 
straight out rental grade finishes. They're actually doing some detail work and thinking about the furnishings. So there is a little bit more work in that way as well. Another downside, uh, which we also touched on is, uh, you know, there aren't clear-cut management options. Uh, you know, there are short-term rental property managers, there are long-term rental property managers, but, you know, I, I wouldn't say that there's anybody, I haven't heard of anybody at least say that they are solely a midterm rental property manager and they specialize in that. So, so again, you know, there's no kind of clear-cut management option if if you are going to outsource the management. Uh, again, we mentioned earlier that a lot of people are self-managing. It's very doable. Um, but if you do want to outsource, you know, again, there's no clear-cut uh, option. I think it's also more work in finding the tenants. Um, something like Furnish Finder is very easy. Uh, but when I think about trying to find insurance tenants, I mean, it's literally like reaching out to insurance companies, corporate tenants. Um, there are some websites, but oftentimes you're having, you know, reach out to the hospital or reach out to the med- school or whatever. So there's additional steps that you're going through to find that right tenant. And then finally, more vacancy, you know, compared to a long-term rental where you you have a lease for an entire year. If you're having leases for 30, 60, 90 days, you are going to have probably a little bit more vacancy, probably, but that's a generalization. You could literally be in the situation that one tenant moves out and another tenant moves in the next day. And you do that all throughout the year. Yeah. And I think one other thing along along the lines of vacancy is that uh, with economic downturns, right? There is a risk that corporate clients, for example, they may not, you know, travel as much, right? And there may be COVID also shut down travel as well. So that that is a risk. Although on the flip side, there were more traveling nurses, right? There was a there was there was a strong big need for housing uh, in particular areas of the country for people who are traveling to these kind of high uh, you know high COVID areas. Uh, so that was something that actually was a real boost for people uh, during uh, during something like that. So, but there can be again, like I said, more more vacancy, kind of like with short term rentals. As the economy changes, there can be fluctuations uh, in that vacancy and increased risk during a downturn. And then also there can be more expenses there. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're covering utilities, you're covering uh, Wi-Fi, all of those things. But there are there are the cases in our community of people charging for things like cleaning or charging for things like landscaping and actually making a profit from that, too. So there's also that opportunity. So, again, this is one of those is generalization. But you can, you know, because you have much greater returns, maybe it doesn't matter at all. So if you want to learn more about midterm rentals, we highly encourage you to sign up for our Fast Fire to Freedom Summit. We'll put the link in the show notes as well. Um, That's a free summit where we interview a lot of people in our community, hear all the cool things they're doing. And there are a lot of people doing midterm rentals now just because of some of those upsides. And so if you want to see examples of people, of doctors actually doing this, of, of making their properties into midterm rentals, definitely go check it out. And Hopefully you learned something about midterm rentals. You're fired up to do your own midterm rental. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review and we'll see you next time. The Doctors Building Wealth podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, tax, medical, or psychological services or advice. You are responsible for your own financial, physical, mental, and emotional well-being, decisions, choices, actions, and results. You should contact a professional if you have any specific questions about your unique situation.